Thank you for listening to Comics for Fun and Profit. This is Colin Drew with your sneak peek at next week, episode number 616 for comics originally coming out February the 23rd and February 24th. But before Drew come, Drew and I talk about what's coming out in your local comic book shops this coming last week of February. Drew, what all we got going on in the world of comic books? Got all kinds of stuff, but I, I wanted to ask you... I meant to ask you before we got on the air, but I'll just ask you now. This uh, this space thing that you're doing with the uh, internet, <laughs> yeah. how's, how's this working? What is this called now? Uh, it is Starlink Internet Service. We live in rural Ohio, where uh, the place that we're building our house will not have access to some of the cable internets of the world, so my options would have been a... Six meg service or some other garbage like that. But thankfully, uh, Daddy Elon has come out <laughs> with the uh, the ultimate in technology of low latency satellites, giving me the ability to uh, put a really dope satellite dish on top of my house that is self-heating enough to melt the snow on it if the snow lands on it <laughs> that will acquiesce said satellites and give me you know up to 150 meg internet service in my rural location at the new house so uh very very excited to buy the the beta kit for that and get started on that so, okay so uh, you're a part of the cool. beta rollout for this correct oh okay and there's like a couple hundred satellites in the in the up there uh there's quite a few i think we're up to like i I know the pl- twelve thousand at the moment or something like that. Oh wow! Yeah, and they're very small and they're uh, they're very uh, low atmospherically satellites. They've got it's pretty cool technology, even, including like when the satellite's about ready to run out of power, it kind of like shoots itself towards the sun just to make sure it doesn't become space debris in our atmosphere. There's all kinds of really cool. Stuff <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's crazy. Okay, so let okay, so Walking Dead. A post post apocalypse happens, and uh, normally the power grid would fail, and then there would be no internet. But if those are up in the sky and they're self powered, will we continue to have an internet if we had Starlink access? Yeah, I don't know if they go if they if they uh, like if the service location they go to 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 provide everything. I'm not sure, but it's very possible that. Even in the Walking Dead era, we could still uh, we could still podcast and distribute it. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm worried. Well, I mean, well, I mean, our servers would have to be still online somewhere. That's right. To, still accessible. To, but in theory, the internet would still work, and if the content was still housed somewhere and powered, then we could live on in perpetuity through a through a post apocalyptic event because the satellite internet that you would have access to right yes okay yes all right that's cool i like that we'd you know we'd like to have like a little a little solar panel to power your mo mm-hmm. your um router probably but yeah yeah because it's quite a bit of draw but actually in all reality the cool thing about this is like even like in antarctica they can get awesome satellite internet now even in you know the african desert if you have the electricity, or rural Ohio, or rural Ohio, exactly. <laughs> That's wicked. Um, and I, yeah, so you'll be my guinea pig on this and see if this is worth worth it. It's pretty pricey, right? 
Uh, yeah, it's after shipping and everything, it's over 500 bucks for the, the kit with the satellite and everything. Uh, and that's the POE uh, stuff and the router and everything. And then it's 100 bucks a month, which is fairly standard for high-speed internet around here. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have been paying like 80 for 6 meg. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's a little, that's a little more than cable internet, which is what I have. But if it's, you know, the best of the best, why not, right? I got to check that out. So, we, yeah, we, we'll check back. We want to check back. We want a full report on, on this. Do some speed tests once it's up and running and everything. Uh, sometime during the summer when you're yep. when you're in the new place, that's that'll be pretty mm-hmm. that'll be pretty awesome. Yeah, it was cool because I was just kind of wondering what I was going to do the new house and uh, you know this should this should answer all that stuff. Yeah, and it probably s- syncs up with all your Teslas that you own. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as we save up for the Cybertruck, can we put that as a, uh, a high end Patreon goal uh, <laughs> to buy me a Cybertruck? That. Was- that would be pretty sweet. I think that's an awesome idea. Um, speaking of patron, get a hell of a segue. You like that? Yeah. We want to welcome our newest patrons, um, Aaron Churchill. Welcome to uh, being a patron of Comics for Fun and Profit. Thank you so much uh, for your patronage. We appreciate that very, very, very much. And um, welcome aboard. Aaron is now uh, a part of our crew and can also um he's on the slack so he's he's hanging out on the slack channel with us and is uh entered into the slab contest uh, our slab contest is for all new patrons are getting entered into this and um we think um we think there's at least two winners going to be at least two winners of of these cgc nine eights um uh, of the following uh you're entered to win a CGC 9.8 of, and your choice, um, Dark Tower Gunslinger Born, number one, uh, Batman number 98, um, Matina, punchline cover, Powers of X, number two, cover A, Red Sonya Age of Chaos, number one, the Chew variant, Wonder Woman 761B, the Middleton, House of X, number five, the Flower variant, Catwoman 17B, the Acetate variant, Basketful of Heads, number one, B, the Middleton. And star number one, the JSC. So, uh, if you live in the United States and you are selected, you get this shipped to you for free. If you are international and are the winner, uh, then you do have to pay for the shipping. Shipping is, Then we'll have to work something out. They'll, yeah, we'll work something out to get that shipped to you because sometimes those prices can be um, crazy. But in the U.S., we'll ship it to you for free. And we appreciate Adam Pastry, another patron um, who is uh, supplying us with those slabs um, and been so generous as to do so. So welcome aboard, Aaron. We want um, we encourage all of you to become patrons over at patreon.com slash comics for fun and profit. Uh, there are many tiers. You can you're, you can listen to um, review shows. Uh, there's some review shows going on over there. We have uh, interviews with creators. We have um, access to our Slack channel, which is a lot of fun. You So you have direct access to us, other co-hosts, um, Eric uh, from Cowabunga, uh, Deep Discount, if you want to ask him questions directly about his the services he has, uh, he's on there. Um, so there's some cool 
uh, abilities to connect with us um, that uh, is unique to um, what we've ever had before. So we like that. There's lots of different things that we have offered. There's some higher tiers that we haven't reached yet. So there's some cool stuff there that once we reach that, we'll talk about it. Um, and then there's some stretch goals as well for some extra things that we want to add. But there's already been lots of cool new content added, and we want to continue to do that. So we encourage you, if you if you have if you want to to support us in this way, please uh, go to Patreon and and do so at the tier of your choosing. Get entered into the cool contest and win a slab. Or if you just want to donate to us, you can still do that through the PayPal link um, in our show notes as well. And uh, we will take um, unmarked bills in, <laughs> in a, a, an envelope dropped off, you know, by a shady character. That's fine, too. We'll take those. Um, whatever it takes to keep the lights on. We appreciate anything you can do. And as always, um, our weekly show will always be available free of charge while we do this. Um, so you don't have to give, but if you want to, to support us, we appreciate it very much. And thank you. Um now, we did have a cool little question that came in that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, from Comic Book Yeti, it says, If the comics industry became as lucrative as film and television is, how do you think that would change the medium itself? So, like, you know, comics are just a sliver, right, of mm-hmm. these giant mega corporations. Let's just take Disney and Warner Brothers, you know, the DC and Marvel or Marvel comics are barely a blip on their radar as far as their accounting line items. Right. Yeah. But if they were as big as say, um, you know, Disney is Disney film is, or Warner brother studios is, well, how would that change? Well, I think my God, what, what do you think, Kyle? You You get a lot more smaller publishers. You get a lot more release stuff. Um, I imagine you get a lot more crap. You'd see each publisher would be up to 200 books a month. Um, you'd see that, I'm sure. Um, you would have... I don't know. Well, I mean, what... Like... You have... you would, Yeah, you'd have, like, your definite, like, B-tier, C-tier <laughs> movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'd probably have that... They kind of already have that already, but there'd be probably more of it. Um, yeah. I I wonder, like, if it was incredibly profitable to be in the comics industry, you know, would the, like, all kinds of corporations be doing it, you know? Yeah. And would, like, individual rock star creators have their own publishing houses, like there are film houses, you know? So, like, Brian Michael Bendis would have his own... Um, little imprint that he did in his own, but it was his own publishing house. So he he'd have his own twenty comics a month that he that he cranked out um, that he curated and stuff. And everybody had their own print houses and and mm-hmm. um, that that'd be kind of interesting to see. Yeah, and I think you'd see a lineup kind of like it used to be TV back in the day, where you had a fall lineup. You'd have a fall comic book series like oh this new series is going to drop in the fall and run for these month for this season of it yeah, kind of thing yeah you have people like lebron james you know he has his his studio cranking out 
movies and TV. So he'd have his own comic lineup coming out. You know, so you'd have people from different walks of life that were like investors in that and producing that sort of thing. And imagine it. You'd see like a big giant, like a Target with just comics in it. Yeah. Yeah. Like a big box. Yeah. Store. And it'd be, yeah, it'd be, well, I mean, I don't know. Right. Because. It, it it goes so corporate. If you were if you were making money of it, there would be you know, a dick sporting goods of comics. Well, but like, is film and television around anymore? You know, since it's all well, digital, you have, you, right? Yeah. So, yeah. If, but you have your like, just like you have your Disney, you have your big studios, and your, yeah, like you have your your big you had your big cinemas. Huh. That wh- yeah. What if it was like theme parks? Yeah, <laughs> since you're, it's already like a Universal, and and some of those are already, and Disney is already kind of incorporating some of its comic properties, but some of the smaller publishers were do, had like theme park Avatar <laughs> had a cross ride. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I would love that. That would it must be twenty one or older. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Because I'm just thinking like. If the preferred medium of all entertainment was comics more so than anything else, is kind of yeah, what I'm okay. Been, I what see I'm what thinking. you're saying. Yeah, yeah, that would be. And it, yeah, it would be. You couldn't go in. A Target would have. Where's the comic section? Like, where's the music? And where's the, where's the DVDs and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think, and I, I think they'd be crappier. the quality would go way it'd be all like photo realistic rendered computer generated stuff that would wouldn't Mm -hmm. be the quality of of some of the stuff that we like and uh yeah i don't i don't think they'd be good but i I think hbo comics would be really good though (laughs) yeah yeah hbo's would be awesome um AMC's would have a couple of hits. <laughs> yeah. We'd like sci-fi, but they'd just be really hard to get a hold of. <laughs> yeah. Every once in a while they'd have a decent one, but they'd have a lot of a lot of really crappy ones too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a cool question. Um f- you feel free to um submit comics comments, questions. Uh, critiques, critiques of Kyle are welcome <laughs> anytime you want. You can send those to comics for fun and profit at gmail.com or reach us on our social media, um, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. I'm not as good at checking those um, as I am the emails, but I I will get them eventually and get them on. You getting us into Clubhouse yet, Drew? What's that? You getting us into Clubhouse yet? Yeah, I don't know what that is, man. Oh, that's the new uh, audio. Uh, social network. Oh, well, I'll have to. I'll have to do a little research. It's an invite only thing. It's it's the new. Th- it's the new thing. By that I mean it's been out eight months. Really? So what's the point? Uh, just a place for conversations, like a, a an audio chat room kind of thing. Uh, okay, so it's like Skype yeah. without video. Kind of, yeah. I, I haven't, like I said, I've not been on it, but I've just been hearing quite a bit of buzz What's about it. What's it called again? Uh, Clubhouse. Clubhouse. I sound like I sound like an old man. What's that? What is that? 
All right. Uh, let's. Uh, oh, before we get into uh, what's hot this week, we need to talk a little bit more about previews. Yeah, we've been trying to kind of go through a little bit of previews and a little bit of uh, the insights uh, as to what we like to order and what our thought process is for the month. Uh, we are looking at the February previews for April deliveries. Getting real close to deadlines. Maybe a lot of you have already hit that. We still have a week or so to go, so we're still looking at our previews and putting our order together. And I think we're in Dark Horse at this point, right? Yep, we're just going to go through a little bit of Dark Horse, see what we can find. Uh, I'm looking at this Beasts of Burden. Evan Dorkin doing the writing. Sarah D- Dyer on uh, also on writing chores, along with Ben Dewey, who I really like uh, on the cover. Uh, this is a 32-page book, three ninety nine. It is a mini-series. Um, and is it, is it a pre-existing property? I've not heard about it, but it seems like it's in that form. Yeah, it's a, it looks like where? it is. It says it's a, an eight-time Eisner award-winning comic book series. <laughs> so yeah. it's been around a while, and it re, it's returning. Okay, so there you go. Uh, well, welcome I, back. I obviously haven't read enough The Dark Horse to know that. Uh, another Mike Mignola offering that's not Hellboy. It's Kojakuru the Skinner. Um, Mike Mignola doing this. It's a Eastern European witch type of book. Um, period piece around World War Two. Cover B is really cool. Yes, looking. very cool. Um so if you're a Magnolia fan, you, you'll you'll be able to tell just by looking at it. Looks pretty cool. Yeah. More more Mignola, more Hellboy. There you go. We also have another cyberpunk book coming out. Cyberpunk, you have my word. One of a four issue series, um, spinning off of that game that is still having some. Uh, difficulties and hasn't necessarily bounced back from its disastrous launch oh really it's 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 out yeah it's out it's it came out you know probably a year earlier than it should have um very glitchy critically panned um just because of the glitches and how under impressive it was and everything uh really bad for a really good studio you know they've 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 been really upfront and they've outlined how they're going to improve it and their plan for the next six months to a year to get everything rolled out and running, um, but it definitely doesn't help these uh, these tie-in comics <laughs> that everybody's already done playing the game or they're already waiting for you know three or four patches to improve it before they even think about it. Yeah, this is a not a shooter. This is an adventure type game. Or is it a shooter? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a shooter. Think Fallout, but futuristic cyberpunk. Oh well, um, that is it. The same studio? Oh okay. no, it's the same one that did The Witcher. Okay. It's CD Projekt Red, who did a phenomenal job oh, okay. with Witcher Three, but this just didn't quite. Yeah, I was gonna, if it's Fallout, I'm, I'm yeah. Fallout style and the fact that it's a shooter where you're collecting things, creating your classes, and. That kind of thing. Scavenging. (laughs) 
Jenny Zero number one from Dark Horse. Um, yeah, Dave Dwanch sounds familiar. I don't know if I've read yeah. him or not. Yeah. I don't think he says things like Mind Palace. I don't know that I read that. It's about Jenny Tetsuo, the hard-drinking, hard-partying, partying daughter of beloved superhero Mega Commander Zero. <laughs> <laughs> Looks pretty cool. I've always wanted to be face down in a large dinosaur footprint filled with drugs and alcohol. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a wicked cover. If you're going to do one, that's a nice one to do. In the third issue of the Black Hammer Visions, we have uh, Chip Zdarsky taking the reins. Uh, so that should be fun. I loved the first one by Pat Oswald. It was really good. Um, it's basically think Astro City meets Black Hammer. So okay. Now with Zdarsky in the way, he, do you want to be uh, before Zdarsky or do you want to be after Zdarsky? <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder. I wonder what he's going to do. Uh, I, you know, yeah. I thought I thought Pat Oswald did a good job of honoring the character that um, was involved. And, you know, kept it true to the voice and then just told his little Astro City type story around it. And I thought it worked really well. And, mm -hmm. you know, as long as they all do that, I would assume that's why they were attracted to the project because they're fans of it. Um, should it, it should be pretty cool. Dope. That's pretty much all I've got for Dark Horse. Yeah. Yeah, we I kind of like what we're into with um, on a weekly basis. It it's just a struggle to yeah things I just yeah. didn't jump into early. I'm not I'm not running back to grab the first yeah. one up. Unfortunately, uh, they are finishing up uh, Resident Alien. Your rides here, and it's a six issue miniseries this time. Usually it's a four, uh, so they've added a couple of. Of issues, probably because there's a series now to support it, um, and I'm wondering if, and they're they're offering the um, the Resident Alien Omnibus for folks to be able to catch up and read the whole story. I think that's brilliant. I've I've been I've watched four episodes of the series and really really enjoyed it. So um, uh, hopefully that puts some eyeballs on the original source material. That'd be great. Um, and, and we'll just have to see. Where do you want to go from here? Well, yeah, let's do, I, let's do IDW next. It's 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 the next one in the catalog for me. There you go. But again, I really struggle with uh, IDW. I'm not I'm not reading much from them anymore. Canto has jumped the shark. We are on the third Canto series now, so I assume they're just cranking until nobody cares maybe yeah are they moving t towards more of a um a graphic novel company or have they already they, it looks like they've already done yeah. most of that they don't do a lot of just regular comics anymore do they mm -hmm. godzilla monster protectors is is one of theirs um eric burnham doing the writing on this and dan shoning on art um it's probably it looks a little all agey from the cover um But it, it could be something. You never know. There you go. I'm going to talk to you about Star Wars High Republic Adventures number three. Um, at the end of Adventures number one, we got a uh, kind of a a cameo appearance of our uh, 
our enemy. Um, and we, when we did a little bit of research, it said that his first appearance would be in issue three yeah. here. Did I, was it Nihil? What did I tell you? I can't remember. I, I don't remember. Yeah. Text back and forth a little bit about who it well, was. I can't remember things. now. So I'm going to pick up a couple of these to see if that first appearance hits and if it's a, if it's a uh, villain that people gravitate towards or not. And we think Star the regular Star Wars adventures ran its course, maybe. Even though there yes. are Francesco Francovia covers, variant covers, which are gorgeous. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, and then there's another Star Wars adventures, The Light and the Dark. Is this a... Oh, this is a um, collected edition, sorry. Yes, correct. But if you read like the Star Wars Adventures number eight, uh, the Empire is, defe- is has been defeated. But what does it mean that the adventures are over for Luke and Leia, who find themselves in a tricky situation uh, that they have to work together to get out of? Plus, Count Duke, who has a sinister plan for a clone troop. That's all recycled stories yeah. from those. Turtles. Um... Sophie Campbell's doing the writing and the art chores in, on 116. I don't know if she's been the writer before. Um, I know she's been doing some great arts artwork with there, though. Um, we'll see how that goes and how well uh, received that is. I guess she has because here's um, volume two of the trade paperback, and she's she's listed as the writer on some of those, so... I've not been reading it, but I've been tuning into the covers and liking what I saw. There you go. And in this T- TMNT ongoing 116, those 1 and 10s have been pretty... They're still getting quite a bit of a heat on those. They've spiked on several yes. of the last half dozen, I'd yes. say. And that's enough for us um, until next week. and We'll head on over to the Hot 10 and take a look at some of the hot comics that are selling unless you had anything else uh, sorry unless you had anything else in IDW I, I just assumed that you would that was it <laughs> nope it's all good it's all good and I actually just got done texting about a book on the hot 10 so that's pretty cool I just saw so you can't beat that Alright, we go to our friends at comicbookinvest.com and check out their Hot 10. We look at their Hot 10 for February 19th, 2021, where they're looking at the books that are just flying in the secondary market and making all kinds of money or jumping in price from what they were previously. Start at number one, where we have Fantastic Four 94. Number 94 of the Fantastic Four series. Have we all probably passed this by in the back issue bins as we don't even look through the Fantastic Four runs? That is so friggin' true. Yes. I skipped yes. the Fantastic Four back issue rights. Prices are still being rewritten at this point. For example, a 7.5 just sold for $330, which is 100 more than an 8.0 sold the week before. A 9.4 sold for 900 which is $100 higher than the 9.6 sold for two weeks ago. Is that a as spoiler free yes. as possible? So, um, don't look into what Fantastic Four 94 is. And what who that first appearance is in there, unless you've watched WandaVision, um, because it will spoil that reveal for you. So uh, we don't want to do that. Yeah. Because it's a really yep. enjoyable thing, and people were spoiling 
uh, WandaVision at 7 o'clock this morning. Man, I did see a thing that, like, people were arguing back and forth, and they're like, if you care about spoilers, you cannot be on speculation sites. That's true. Sites. That's true. You, that's just inherently the nature of the beast. Because people were like, ah, because someone pulled out yeah. a Funko Pop leak for WandaVision. And people were just like, oh, you're spoiling it. And they're like, you're on a spec site, dude. You de- that's how the game works. We can't avoid it. We can, you know. This, but we do. Yeah, this yeah, D-bag do. on Twitter, he he took the time to, I don't know, rip the show or whatever. And he edited it. He edited a clip that was the most spoilerific part of the show at the end and posted that clip video clip along with some d-bag commentary about what he thought of it at like seven o'clock this morning i'm like what is wrong with you that's when you just block that dude i'll never see them again but it's just that's just dumb and a lot of work to go through to be a d-bag don't do that don't do that and no kidding I'll be a d bag if it's if I can lazily do it. But how how did you get that clip? You had to edit that clip yourself. I'm sure that you didn't get that from any yeah. site. Legit way, no way. Uh, whatever. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Kyle. Sorry. Yeah, rank two. We have Spider Woman 2021 number nine. The one in 25 Rose Besh variant that just came out. This is an odd burner this week. It doesn't appear. To be all that rare, and it is, it is, it is this really a hundred and twenty-five dollar plus cover? Let me know what you think about this cover and why it's that much for you. Uh, yeah, that's who's Rose Besh, and should we be putting her on the watch list? Yeah, no kidding. At rank three, we have Taskmaster number three, uh, twenty twenty-one. The Shane Davis 1 in 25 variant that just came out. More than doubling in price to 175 or more dollars. This still seems like an odd investment to We make. like this cover, though. We did. Yeah, it's a cool-looking cover. And I think Shane Davis covers are great. Yeah. At rank 4, Black Cot number 1. Drew's pick of the week for last week. Yeah. There were no incentives on this issue. There are a few retailer exclusives... Uh, Mario Santana Jr. one is excellent. Still selling for $15 after release. If anyone has read this, they'd lo- we'd love to hear reactions. And if it is one of those makes-you-think stories or not really. At rank 5, Batman Adventures number 12. Two separate all-time high sales of three grand for a 9.8 happened this week. Remember a year ago when you could have bought this same book for less than half that figure? All I know is that I will tell my kids to buy everything if and when another pandemic hits. <laughs> uh, at rank 6 is the book I was talking about. I just finished texting that my two copies of these uh, Walmart three-packs are sitting there waiting for me tomorrow. Uh, Star Wars The High Republic Walmart Variants. Really surprised that people buy these still sealed the packs. Want to know the condition, but not the one buying this anyway, so whatever. So I uh, rated, uh, I have a, oh, uh, uh, I have a hookup at Walmart that I tell him when bourbon's coming through and he tells me when Star Wars comics or <laughs> things are coming through. So a very symbiotic relationship. <laughs> 
That's hilarious. But yeah, I saw those being uh, people were asking eighty bucks a pop for those already. It, the Star Wars is this Walmart? Yeah, right? wow, that's yeah. fantastic. At rank seven, the Marvel number five Adam Hughes one twenty five variant with the Alex Rocks cover, double ratio at fifty dollars. Not really sure why this is selling this well, to be honest, but oh well. True. Holy crap! At rank eight, we have the Walking Dead number one. Wait, what? Is this list from four years ago? Anyways, 9.8s are now back over three grand. Even a PGX 9.8 sold for $2,950. For those that kept saying that this book would continue to fall down to a grand, whoops. Yeah, suck it. So, Drew, should we uh, we uh, realign our entire collections and try to sell everything? <laughs> sure, sure. Okay, just checking. I, yeah, sell sell away. I, I I've sold everything except for my well up to uh, one hundred. You know, all, all yeah. this, everything I had that was below one hundred is pretty much gone except for like weeklies. Uh, I, gotcha. I guess I have a few floating around. I'll take that back. I have a few. <laughs> I'm I'm glad we got to listen to you argue. With yeah, wait a minute. Uh, okay, all right. At rank 9, we have Spawn 174. Gunslinger Spawn is getting his own title. We got a bunch of Spawn news of four new spinoff series yesterday. Not surprising based on how popular he has become. 9.8s have risen from around 500 to now 650. It is a great cover and an important book in the Spawn universe. Don't forget about that cameo in Spawn 119. Wow, that's that's fantastic. Um, yep. Good for them. And I, yeah, I saw that Spawn is is expanding its universe. Todd McFarlane is going to roll out like four new titles in the yep. Spawn universe. Um, yep. Um, so I won't be probably reading them, but good for him. We might be speculating yes, on that. Exactly. At rank ten, we have Killmonger number one, the second print. On our Wakanda back nine list a week ago, as the pick from Ben C, this was about a 20 to $30 book and is now a $50 book. Really hope that if they bring Killmonger back, he keeps the hard edge that he had initially. And into our honorable mentions, we have Something is Killing the Children, number eight, the Jeff DeCal 1 and 25 variant. Uh, very hard to find, but a 9.8 popped up this week and sold for 700 bones. Only one raw copy available on eBay at the moment. It has five days left and is almost 400 bucks. What? Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's amazing. And in the Wayback Machine, we have Seven Seas Comics number four. Female, Baker, Underwater, Shark. A 3.5 sold for 7800 this week. That is almost double what a 3.0 sold for just six months ago. Anyone else miss these classic covers? I was explaining comics and things like this to our uh, mother earlier today, Drew, because um, she had found some old comics in the house, some Rin Tin Tin comics from the 50s, uh, and they did a cursory Google or uh, eBay search, and they were only worth like 10 bucks. And she was yelling at me that a 1950s comic was only worth $10. And I said, it's, it's Rin Tin Tin. Nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. But you never know, you know? If, if Yeah. And that's what I said. I said, you got to check on all these because it could be an artist did yeah. that cover that's really solid. Yeah, if that's Frank Frazetta doing the Rin Tin Tin, well, then there you go. Yeah. It's a different story. 
And I do explain to her that uh, a lot more people like Batman than a a a, a German Shepherd. <laughs> uh, that's funny. And now it's time for uh, now we we looked at stuff that's hot right now. Let's look at stuff that might be hot in the future when we get a chance to order it at cost or close to it from our good friends at Deep Discount Comics. Let's check out the FOC. Yeah. We're checking out the FOC, our final order cutoff. We do not have the email from... We do, but he did not have time to do any selections of his own. Correct. So we, we don't have uh, his things. We're going to have to dig and find our own stuff and not cheat off of his yeah. homework on this one. So let's start at the top with our DC offerings, which will be due o'clock, by 6 o'clock on Sunday. Jenny Frizen doing your cardstock on Catwoman 29. A nice looking cover there. Uh, this is this the Nightwing where Tom Taylor takes over seventy eight. This is this. So is. I'm definitely getting this. Um, I can't remember if I ordered this. I, I, I yeah, I may I'm have. Pretty sure I did. I may have already. Um, I, I don't know if I should get the B cover or not. There's some scuttlebutt about um, a side. He's got a dog. A sidekick dog that yeah. might be called Bitewing. I think Bitewing. Um, and, and I don't know if it's going to be in here or 79 um but anyway the tom taylor era starts here and i don't know if he's going to go crazy spec wise like donny cates did with venom but yeah. it's going to be a pretty good story i'm guessing um, yeah it's gonna be good so i, I want to get i want to get back in on it and and f perhaps the chance of of him doing um some spec worthy uh, additions uh, that'd be awesome too we've got um the last issue of batman white knight presents harley quinn we have um batman versus Ra's yeah, this, the last one of the six issue series yeah. there yeah we've got the second issue of truth and justice which one was truth and justice i can't remember on that one gotcha okay i can't remember who the writing on that one a whole lot of uh, effort being put into Justice League 59. And um, what's the deal there? I don't know, but there's a Snyder Cut variant. That's pretty cool. There's a whole lot of covers. We've got a 1 in 25, a 1 in 50, and a 1 in 100. And I, and I, don't, I don't know why. And I don't even. Oh, okay. The A and B are up here, and then the everything else is down there. Interesting. But why is it? Um, is it because of? Also featuring the Justice League Dark. Oh, is this the first Bendis? This is Bendis. Yes. Okay. Okay. First Bendis. It's Infinite Frontier. Um. I do like the them going back to the back, up story. Um, I, I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I know you got to pay an extra dollar, so that's a that's a boo, right? Definitely a boo there that it costs an extra dollar. <laughs> yeah. But but I like the idea. If you're not going to do a lot of titles, you're going to do the titles that sell. You get But if you're going to do backup stories where you rotate some lesser selling characters through, uh and try to do it that way i think that's kind of cool yeah so you know maybe i'll be able to get a blue devil and a backup story in somebody's down the road or 
or somebody like that. Although I'll never get another Blue Devil comic, I don't think. Not on his standing on his own. <laughs> but yeah, I think this. I think I should this this uh, Bendis on Justice League, um, part of this Infinite Frontier, definitely should um, be a part of it. See how they do. Definitely. Or do you think uh, of the future state, everyone's going to be so disillusioned that they're just going to be like, forget it? I think a lot of people are going to be like, uh, I'm not jumping for this. I'll, I'll let everybody else tell me how it is, and if it's good, I'll, I'll circle back. Yeah, okay. That's all I had from DC. Yep. Uh, Same here. Down in Dark Horse, we have um, Orphan and Five Beasts, number one. It's a four-issue miniseries. Uh, from Dark Horse, it looks kind of good. Yeah, James Stoko. I was interested. I always click on the Critical Role items, the Tales of Exandria number one, because I occasionally like to listen to the Critical Role stuff on YouTube. Watch it. Um, I was attracted to the artist by a couple of kooks. <laughs> is the name of the artist. <laughs> nice. Got the second printing of the last TMNT, the last Ronin number two. Heard good things about last Ronin. Yeah. I like this. So we got a second print on that one. That's awesome. A definitely different cover. So that's great. Definitely circle a completely different cover on that second print. Downside, it's $9. Yep. There's that whole thing. <laughs> We had some spike with Usagi Yojimbo's ratio. And this is another really cool looking Usagi Yojimbo ratio. Yeah, it is. This Jennifer Meyer uh, does this, would you call that um, like an oil painting type style? Yes. It's really nice. I don't know what, we don't have a price on it yet, as of yet. Um, mm -hmm. But. It's a ten copy incentive, so I'm going to say it's going to be less than twenty bucks. Yep, um, I say do it because I didn't check the tail on the <laughs> on the last right. one, but it was neat to see the spike of it, and I could immediately see why it was a little bit more photoreal on the, on the previous spike. But I can see this one mm -hmm. jumping. Now, as we get down into image. Um, why? What is this Amazon Prime Video Edition for Invincible Number One? Is it um... so? Invincible is going to be a cartoon series on Amazon, an animated series. So that means you have no interest and will never watch. Uh, so they're re-releasing Number One uh, in the style of that series. Oh, they're going to do a new cover for it. Okay. Yep. Um, this is so. This is like a Walking Dead Number One reprint, basically. Nothing Correct. probably speckable, is there? I mean, there were some reprints of Walking Dead 1 that went up quite a bit. Yeah. But uh, I would say okay. no. Speaking of Walking Dead. Before you get up, yeah, issue 11, 11. fantastic. Um, Radiant Black. You know how I poo-pooed the idea of a... We shouldn't have superheroes in image. The first issue was pretty there good. Go. <laughs> so, really, I should read things before I run my mouth. You said that, and what did I say? You said, what about Spawn? I said, my boy Kyle Higgins what about, is pretty good. What about Invincible? And I said, oh, yeah, I forgot about those. 
I forgot about those completely. <laughs> and then we didn't talk for two weeks straight. Well, yeah, it was it was a pretty good uh, debut comic. Uh, Kyle Higgins did a pretty good job, and I, you know, he talked about it in the back, um, because he had done he had done some work on, um, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comics, and he was a yeah. fan of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers beyond the time frame when his peer group <laughs> was was continuing to watch Power Rangers. Like, it was really hot when he was, like... He was Power Rangers. When he was 11, fun. his friends were all watching Power Ranger, and it was cool. And then maybe when he's 13, nobody's watching Power Rangers anymore. He's still a big super fan. And, and so he has to kind of hide. Gotcha. Check and make sure his VCR is set. <laughs> for to tape it and um, <laughs> there were some kids that when he when he would excuse himself to check and see if it was taping he thought he was being like on the down low and and they there was a kid that would go oh i wonder if it's morphin time and they'd all make fun of him <laughs> <laughs> they made fun of him and we shouldn't laugh at that because he it, it really scarred the guy who was this again kyle higgins kyle higgins okay this this really scarred him to where you know he's like you know don't do that don't bully don't bully somebody because they still like something yeah. you don't think is as cool don't, like the things you do with uh, all the uh, My Little Ponies and things yeah the things that I do yeah because yeah. I'm a bully I guess and the thing you know when you always talk about your little Star Wars cartoons that you like to watch <laughs> uh, they're animated series. Uh, but so it was it was really cool he set the table for this uh comic it was very personal comic you could tell you know that there was a lot of him in the main character um and some of the trials and tribulations that he went through as a writer Mm -hmm. as well that he kind of stuck in there um so you like if you like kyle higgins you should check this out i think you i think you definitely like that i do Oh, Ultra Mega by James Heron, number one. You lost me at $8 for your hushed issue. Yeah. It. Yeah, that's something we'll make a knee-jerk reaction to, right? Nope. When, it's just, when there's a big price tag, we don't understand it. We know you want to you put in 60 pages. We love 60-page debuts. Yep, 100%. Love we it. love you sticking all that extra stuff in there. It's a Skybound comic. I mean, we love Skybound imprint books. Yep. But you haven't earned... An eight dollar leap of faith. No, no. You know you you can't. You, you it's it's tough to do. Yeah. It's it's a tough sell for us. Now other people have no problems with it, but I I do. I, I have a little bit of a problem with it because we don't know you're an unknown entity. And right? it's kaiju. Nope. Who? You're. What? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Anything else in image, sir? Well, let's see. Um. Black Knight Curse Ebony Blade number one. Yeah, that's why I asked. I was going to talk about that, but that's in Marvel, which is why I asked if there's anything else in Image. <laughs> okay. Then no, nothing but Walking Dead, which you already mentioned. Hey, you remember how we talked last week about why they were doing a uh, facsimile edition on Black Knight? No, this is why. Here's why. Probably would have known that if we did a better job when we read our previews. <laughs> and of course... My girl Peach Momoko, rocking a variant there as well. Always a big fan. Yep. 
and Todd Knock doing a head head head. What is it called? A headshot variant. Yeah. I think we've gone a little too close with the headshot. It's creeping me out. The King in Black Spider-Man number one. Uh, Jed McKay is going to do the writing on this. Um, I I might, under other circumstances, check this out. But I'm I mean I'm so out on King in Black that I wouldn't probably know what was going on. So I'll probably skip it. And are they about done with King Black? Are they wrapping this bad boy up, or is it going to continue into the summer? <laughs> yeah. I do like the Rob Liefeld King in Black Spider-Man number one. The Deadpool 30th variant? Yeah. Deadpool is quite a bit smaller than Venom. That or yeah. we get more Liefeldian horrid use of sizing. It was a really good movie. I was surprised that... Um, it didn't do better. Did Venom do well? Didn't do well, did it? The first one, yeah, did quite good. Did it do well? Oh, yeah. I, yep, enough that they did a, they're they making a second. Yeah, I, I liked it. I thought it was pretty darn good. And I was the and then the new one's going to have Carnage in him, right? That's Correct. why the Carnage... We're, we're still waiting for that trailer to hit. And that's going to blow up our Carnage even hotter. Yeah. 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 Exciting stuff. I should probably dig that out. Get it, Have it ready. Oh, yeah. Star Wars Bounty Hunters number 10. We're continuing to follow Dengar. We have a fourth print of Star Wars High Republic 1. Again, a completely new cover. That's where I jump off, though. I'm done. You did one first print, second print, and you are out at fourth print. I think so, yeah. Okay. I don't think third print did anything, did it? Apparently warranted enough for a fourth print, so I don't know what the word anything means to you. I meant spec-wise. Oh, no. Has it? But these, yeah. with these second prints, they're the things that, remember, we're, as we're seeing, we're like, oh, a year later, yeah. the second and third printer is $900 yeah, it's now. A, it's a hold. Yeah, buy and hold. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't care about Ultraman. Sorry. Again, we're... He's just a giant guy, isn't he? Yeah. Um... Thor 13, uh, Donny Cates is fifth of sixth in this story arc. So you'd think maybe nothing, but from the the solicit, he does talk about surprises abounding as the gods face the fight of their eternal lives in the penultimate chapter for Prey. Um, is there possible some kind of other... Does Donny Cates have yet another surprise to spring on us in this issue? Um, he's got a reputation to uphold. He he's he he loves this. He loves to get the spec speckers excited. Um, mm-hmm. He does a good job with it. And, um, and from what I understand, I have I fell so far behind that I dropped off this book. But um, I heard it's good. So yeah, you see the the Michael Cho two tone. I don't like uh-huh. don't don't like that. At all. Oh, yeah, I know what the two tones yeah. are. I, yeah, I wasn't a fan of them either. There was, who, yeah, there was like, um. It was a Spider-Man. Yeah, one. there was another one that you had pointed out, and I was like, oh, that's terrible. And that's not, not for me at all. And I think that's all I had in Marvel. Yep. 
down in the Jim Henson Storyteller Tricksters number one. Jonathan Rivera writing that one. Jade Zhang on art, our cover A, being a Peach Momoko drawing a totem spider thing. Yeah, very spider ish in this series, it seems. Is this another? Oh, this is that Maria Lovett who did Faithless. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, okay. So she's doing another erotic thriller. This time, mm. Ablaze is covering it, and it looks like Mirko and Dolphus doing some covers. That might do well. That might do. Yeah, they're they're witches by night, but it looks like they're sexy witches. Yes, but it looks kind of all agey on the cover. So I'm creeping. Not all the covers. All right, the cover. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't go around. Hey, that one's not. Yeah. Oh my. Now, uh, Aftershock's given us Bequest. Drew, I haven't... Sh- I'm going through more covers. you got to wait. Oh, okay. No, just kidding. Okay. Uh, um, your boy, Tim Seeley, is doing the writing with Freddie Williams II. Uh, so this is an Aftershock book called Bequest Number 1. It's a high fantasy book. Um, and that first... Co- the cover A I don't like... Um, I'll take a look at the... Too much going on, yeah. Blech. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. Uh, the the fifteen copy incentives a little better, um, but yeah, you know, not enough. Maniac of New York goes to a second printing. I think you uh, were were a fan of that. Yep. My boy Max Bemis uh, has his second uh, issue of Savage. Um, this is a relaunch kind of because I, I I remember Savage came out a few years ago. And uh, so I don't know if they're this is just another volume of this. I'm guessing. Um, Worst X Men ever was the book I was trying to think of that he did, mm. where the guy was like a nuclear bomb. That was his power. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And that's all I had in FOC. Uh, not the strongest FOC, but there's some gems in there. Some good stuff, maybe. A few things um, we're saying don't miss. Yeah, uh, you know, Nightwing with Tom Taylor being right up there. Yep. Um, Bendis on Justice League, another one for me, anyway. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy. Uh, well, sorry, I snuck over to cover price already. My okay, bad. well, uh, let's head on over there. Yeah, I'm so excited to see Larry, I mean, Taylor's book in, in the top ten. A Voice in the Dark, number one. Wow. A f- I, I was literally... Uh, uh, I, I saved Laramie Taylor's link in my eBay because he was doing a lot of uh, fundraising through special stuff on uh, eBay. For, uh, so I remember I always kept his creator link, and I clicked on it the other day, just just clicking around. There was nothing on it. I said, I wonder what happened to Laramie Taylor. I haven't heard anything. So it's cool to see that not only is he talking, but uh, see that book back out. Yeah. A few weeks ago, creator Laramie Taylor mentioned on his Facebook page that the pilot script was completed. There was no additional information. This update sold 17 copies and had a high sale of $30 for raw. Boy, I have several of these. <laughs> I was a big fan of this. Uh, we interviewed Laramie Taylor yeah. back in the day. This would have to be back in 2013, 2014, when we were first yeah, this started is a doing tw- this. Voice in the Dark is a 2013 book, and it was after that popped It through. was like, yeah, he, he was working on issue two, I think, at the time when we were... And for those of you who don't know Laramie Taylor, he writes and collars all his comics, him and his wife. Uh, he doesn't have the use of his arms or legs. He uses his mouth and a Windows Antique tablet. 
Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, not that he doesn't have arms and legs, but he's a very cool dude um, and has overcome a lot. I think his wife is also disabled. They, they got, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I think she was doing collars and he was doing that, and then he's doing writing, and it was just awesome. And I real Voice in the Dark was, I think, a six or an eight issue series that I thought was great, and I do not like horror. Yeah, did they end up doing the, um, a second volume, too, right? Yeah, it was a second. I think so. Yeah, they did. They but, did. I'm not sure if it, it finished, but I think it might have. But that's really cool to see, and uh, I will dig out my. Yeah. A uh, voice in the dark. I bid on some of his his eBay stuff at one point, but I never won. At rank nine, we have Immortal Hulk forty three. Um, this is the uh, one that got pulled. Yeah, for the yeah. Uh, jewelry or whatever that was. Yeah, exactly. Day. And before you go on, so um, we're waiting for casting, right? We want to wait for the Voice in the Dark to be cast. Or well, it just depends. Um, if if we hear that Netflix buys it, that's a, that'll spike it, and then casting is always my favorite place to sell is when that, when casting. Yeah. Is. Anyways, Mortal Hulk forty three, the Joe Bennett homage cover, um, forty five bucks for Raw. X Force number one, negative UPC with Deadpool trading card. Wow. Where are we? Seriously, due to the massive print run and dominance in almost every collection traded into comic stores, X-Force was the one comic that was guaranteed to never see market heat. Well, 2021 just played its hand. Recent (laughs) demand and market heat surrounding Marvel trading cards brought attention and demand to the Deadpool trading card that was polybagged within X-Force number one. And... We were today years old when we gave this book any attention to release. There are four various versions, with at least three of them containing randomly the desired Deadpool trading card. This was the negative UPC version with the Deadpool card that sold 48 copies and a high raw sale of $77.51. Holy freaking crap. Yeah, for those of you who um, dig through quarter boxes and dollar boxes and stuff, and you'd come to like 10 X Force number ones in a row that were all polybagged, and you'd skip right by them. Oops. 75 bucks a piece. Go back and grab all 10 of those now. <laughs> Doggone it. Yeah. Yeah, I did not know there were multiple versions. I thought they were all the same. Yeah, yeah. Who knew? We talked about Taskmaster number three, um, the Shane Davis. It's their number seven. We have Forever Maps number one, a 2019 scout book. Um, Scout's recent press release announcing Scout Comics and Entertainment is proud to announce the Forever Maps by Michael Legacy and Todor Hershov is in development as a feature film with Josh Campbell and Matthew Steichen from 10 Cloverfield Lane. That are adapting. Um, blah, blah, blah. 25 bucks for Raw. So that's cool. At rank five, we have cover number one. The Zoo or Zoo variant. This is an image comic from 2018 that I do not remember. HBO Max ordered a television series based on comic creator by Brian Reichel Bendis and David Max cover to be written by Bendis and directed by Mac. This helped this variant to move 16 copies and 50 bucks for a Raw. 
At rank 4, we have more Immortal Hulk 43, the standard one. 31 bucks for Raw on that one. At rank 3, we have more X-Force with Deadpool trading card. Uh, just the, the more standard. Um, let me, okay, I will read this. If you would have told us that you would not only have X-Force number 1 in the top 10, but two versions, we wouldn't have believed you. But here we are. This is the standard polybag version. Made it all the way to number 3 by moving 59 copies and having 40 bucks for a raw. God. Dang. We just need our, we need yeah. our spec cards revoked. Yeah. How do we, we not see yeah. this coming? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, again, when you when you find 600 copies of something just sitting there, you don't spec on it very often. But, I mean, it's crazy. Spawn number ones, X-Force number ones, you yep. name it. They're all flying up. And at rank two, we have Taskmaster number three. Uh, 29 bucks for a raw. And at rank one, we have cover number one, the uh, the standard version of this one, a nine point eight CGC went for eighty bucks. Now that Taskmaster uh, Taiguki is the first appearance of Taiguki. Correct. Um, do we think that he'll be on the cover the next issue or in a subsequent printing of that? Should yeah, if they do like a Taskmaster three second print, he'll be on the cover. I'm sure he'll be on something here soon. At number 11 is Micronauts, number one. What? Yeah, Micronauts, another thing that I've passed over. I think this is just people just um, trolling me because this Micronauts like, passed over in Micronauts constantly. They're in every quarter bin everywhere. Yeah. Um, I don't know about number one. Maybe number one wasn't, but um, always Micronauts everywhere. Um, so this property is in development at Paramount. Um, so... They launching a new streaming service, so they're going to definitely need some content. Heck yeah! Uh, and we'll be, this will be used to bring Miracle Man into the current King and Black series. Hmm, that's speculation. Mm. Uh, still sold thirty two copies, and had a high sale of four hundred and thirty dollars for a nine point eight. Wow! <laughs> new Mutants Annual Number One from nineteen eighty four. Really recently announced that Lila Cheney, a mutant rock star with the ability to teleport, will be returning to the pages of X-Men this May. Fans rushed to buy her first appearance in this annual, moving 62 copies with a six-day trend of 123% and 75 bucks for a 9.6. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man 55 from 2021. That's uh, the Pat Gleason cover. Still moving. Uh, CGC 9.8s are now coming in. At $139. Dang! Uh, War of the Realms, New Agents of Atlas, number one from 2019. Uh, this is the Southeast Asian, Asian Mar mm. Marvel superhero deal. Um, 166 bucks for a 9.8. Um, selling well. Uh, New Avengers, number 40 from 2008. Um it's not Young Avengers, which Kyle's a big proponent of. But this is New Absolutely. Avengers. Yes. Um, uh, with the groundwork being laid for Secret Invasion, fans are anticipating to see the Scrawl Queen, Veronki, whose first appearance as the Scrawl Queen is in this issue. Uh, sold 28 copies and 48 bucks for a 9.2. Not even worth the trouble. Get it slabbed. Uh, let's see, Venom Lethal Protector number one. This first Venom solo series quickly turned Venom from a villain to an anti-hero. While he could have been Spider-Man's most dangerous threat, Spider 
Marvel took them in another direction and it worked. Sold 22 copies um, and had a high sale of $130 for a CGC 9.8. Jeez. So many of these. So many of these I've passed over. Immortal Hulk 43. This is the same controversy bull. Uh, Star Wars Legacy number zero from Dark Horse 2006. First cover appearance of Darth Talon. Um, $400 for a CGC 9.8. Very hot. Not even a friggin' comic. Uh, Star Wars number two from 1977. This is still climbing after the Disney Sun announcement of the Obi-Wan Disney Plus series. We saw that um, Ewan McGregor's working out, getting in shape to play Ben Kenobi. To play an aging and losing it all Ben Kenobi. <laughs> his, his first appearance in this issue has been long undervalued. Valued as the first. It's also the first Han Solo, Chewbacca, Millennium Falcon, Job of the Hut, and Death Star. Uh, sold 25 copies and a new high sale of $1,300 for a CGC 9.6. I'll take my ripped up copy and ask for 100 bucks for it. You probably should. <laughs> uh, Avengers 186 uh, from Marvel in 1979. This is the first appearance of The Other as. Kathan, and also the first appearance of Magna, Wanda and Pietro's mother, recently on Very Gary Comics YouTube show. Well, I've never seen that, but I might check that out. It was mentioned that the big bad may actually be Kathan controlling Wanda. I think they're wrong about that. Per fandom, Kathan is being as a being of unimaginable mystical power, specifically that which can be called magic, black magic, and chaos magic. Yada, yada, yada. Um, he also previously possessed both Wanda and Quicksilver in the comics. So this theory is interesting and getting traction. Sold 20 copies, had a seven-day trend of 145%, and a high sale of $500 for a CGC 9.8. Man. <laughs> Crazy stuff. Yeah. Any of those excite you, Kyle? To go dig through your long boxes and look for them? Yeah, I'm going to go look for Deadpool cards. And, uh, of <laughs> course, I, I know I have that Venom. I have several of that Venom. And then i got to decide whether I want to put up my my broken, desolate Star Wars books. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you... Um, did you ever have Marvel cards, trading cards? No, I never, I never went down that road. I don't think I did either. Um, mm -hmm. So that's interesting. I wonder why they're getting hot again. Yeah. The, all things Marvel, I guess? Yeah, all things Marvel. And, like, card... Card opening has become big again between Pokemon and sports cards are back again and everything. So it's become a big thing to open packs and open packs on YouTube. So people are going to watch what you get and all that fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. I used to um, used to be able to find like old unopened packs of stuff. that, But I don't think you can find that stuff as much anymore. Yeah. Anyway, let's head on over to our good friends at Lunar for our sneak peek at next week and start with DC. DC, and we'll start with February the 23rd, and all that is Batman Black and White. Which I I, I tried to read, and um, it's just not, I just don't like it. I just don't like it. We have the re-release of Ex Machina Compendium Number 2. Which collects Ex Machina 26 through 50 and specials 3 and 4. Finishes it up. Yep. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's a that's a nice companion to have. Yeah. What was the price on that? 
60. Mm -hmm. More future states. I really need someone to definitively tell me which ones are really worth reading and which ones aren't. Yeah. And, I, and I'm getting a lot of different answers. Um, but I don't know. No one's like passionate about any of them, which, yeah. which is probably doesn't bode well, right? Correct. And then we have Generations Forged, a $10 one-shot. Yeah, yeah. Joker War, they're collecting. Newbie, a real one. That's all that's a trade. OGN. So the moral of the story is, if you're doing Future State, finish them up here. Enjoy them. Um, other than that, if you're not Future State. Still got another week, too, right? Yep. Yep. Maybe, maybe more. I don't know. Does it go into March? It doesn't, does it? It wasn't supposed to, but I don't know if anything got pushed. Yeah. All right, I'm heading over to previewsworld.com, finding t February the 24th, and starting an image. Well, there's this de Department of Truth um, just got optioned. Um, it gonna, it's going to blow up, probably. So more than it already has. And I think it was Bendis who said... Yeah, everybody knew it was going to get optioned after they read the first issue. <laughs> yeah. So it was just a matter of time. I have seen spec on this Stray Dogs book. I have seen people talking about this being something they're specking on. Lady Be and the Tramp meets Silence of the Lambs. Because of that Silence of the Lambs cover? I guess what I'm not sure. I knew that you were high on that. Yeah, I like the Silence of the Lambs cover. I like the... Uh... Ice Cream Man, Cover B. Cover, cover A is no slouch. Yeah. That's good, too. Oh, wow. Rain Like Hammers went to a second print on issue one, and I really like that uh, issue two better, or that second print of issue one better. I did not like that book. Hmm. At all. Okay. Two Moons looks really good, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John Arcudi, right? Yep. The Rumble guy. Stuart Ar yep. Yeah, because you like That's Rumble. Right. We talked about this because I love Rumble. You were a big fan of Rumble. Yeah, this was the Civil War. That's right. I really like this. And then all my second prints of Walking Dead, one through six. Um, I have so many they Walking Dead. They are cool. Dead. They are. You, you got to be in for all of them now. Yeah, yeah, I, I was. I have, I have, I have them all. That's so. Cool. They're so cool, though. I think I was going to sell them as as that lot, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I think that makes sense to me. Down into Dalkhoth. Nothing. Down to IDW. Nothing. On to Marvel. I'm sure there's something in here. I mean, I'm sure if I was paying closer attention to King and Black, I'd be able to tell you something. Yeah. I don't like this Amazing Spider-Man 60 cover. But some people want it. Remind me, what, oh, the, the Marvel Voices is... Uh, Black History Month celebration, right? Yes. We're doing another snapshot. Um, these have all been good, so read them. I'm, if you didn't, if you missed them up, missed out on them, wait for the collection. I'm hoping there's going to be a collection because it's really good stuff. Yeah, that Marvel Voices Legacy, the uh, the Coipel variant, mm -hmm. is really good. All right, down in Dynamite. Nope. Boom. Uh, do we take a look at something that's killing the children 15? Sure. Um, We're not seeing the ratio, though. Those are what's blowing up. That's, what it, that's the deal? 
Mm-hmm. And in Look It, we only find them when they're dead. And they're not giving us art. But, I mean, just the idea that number one's in the, at, a, at a fifth, number two's at a fourth, number three's at a third, number four's at a third, and number five's at a second. I mean... Yeah. Gonna be scarce. A lot of scarcity there. I think I steered clear of that, too. Down into your smaller publishers. I thought Chasing the Dragon, number one, was a cool um, premise. New York Times bestselling writer Denton J. Tipton and acclaimed painter Menton Three explore a dark fantasy world ravaged by the rampant abuse of a drug made from the blood of dragons. Yeah. Drew, we have Bloodshot number 11 from 2019 appearing on this list. <laughs> and that's ironic because you were just telling me today about watching the movie for Bloodshot. Yeah, I finally got around to watching that. I'd been putting it off for whatever reason. Um, it just came out of a weird COVID time, so it fell mm-hmm. through the cracks for me. And um, you know, I hadn't heard much about it. And then it was fantastic. What a great movie. And yeah. I just feel really bad that it... Um, it did so poorly. I, I hope they, I hope they give it a do-over, you know, and yeah. and, and put out that and do do some more uh, valiant universe movies because if they do them as well as that movie was done, you know, that'd be that'd be great. I took a look, a quick glance at Moon Made Three Keys, number one, and it's uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs universe, and I think we've all, we've stayed clear of those in the past. Just not. Okay. Yeah. So from Scout Comics, true. Yes. We have By the Horns, number one, a six issue series by Marquisan Nasso. Uh, Elodine hates unicorns. For nearly a year, she's dedicated her life to tracking down and killing them all for trampling her husband, Shintaro. Now exiled from her farming village of Wayfair for selfishly neglecting her duties, Elodine and her half-wolf, half-deer companion, Sajin, search the continent for Solothus for... I don't know that word. For clues to the whereabouts of unicorns, where they discover a lead in the port city of Lycus, their revenge mission suddenly takes a dangerous turn. So, unicorns trampled her husband... She kills so them. unicorns must all die. That's um, that's one way to to go for it, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, one of my standout um, creators from last year was Stephanie Phillips. I really liked a lot of the stuff she did, Man Among Ye, and um, she worked on that Mary Jane book and some others. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got a aftershock book here uh, Ooh, called my Nuclear Family Number One. I, I ordered that. Yeah, she's working with Tony Chastain. Uh, this is 1957 America, where Elvis is dominating the airwaves, and apple pie is served after every meal. Um, but with the dark cloud of nuclear holocaust looming, Korean War vet Tim McLean's major concern is taking care of his family in the atomic age. Uh, when the first bomb does drop on an ex- unexpecting Midwest city, Tim and his family find themselves plunged into a strange new world where that's left of the United States has gone underground while continuing to wage war on Russia with unthinkable tactics. Uh, it's based on a Philip K. Dick's short story. Um, I think it could be a lot of fun. And sad. <laughs> <'Cause>... <laughs> 
Paranormal Hitman from Behemoth Comics. Brett Murphy, Murphy writing that. Sopranos meets Ghostbusters. All right. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Anything else, Drew? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. All right, this is the point of the podcast where I ask you for your pick of the week. What's the one book to make sure you go? Because it's going to be on the hot 10 or all kinds of cool stuff. We You hit a good one last week, Drew. Can you do two in a row? Uh, I, I think I'm going to do Stray Dogs, number one, the horror movie cover of Silence of the Lambs. Absolutely, absolutely. I wrote down several things here. I like the two moons. Um, I really like that cover a for two moons that seemed pretty cool i wrote down uh that olivia coipel version of whatever that was can you read my own writing but i think i'm gonna go with that by the horns it just sounds fun killing unicorns killing unicorns it's a cool looking cover it's a cool cool sounding premise i like it (laughs) and it's one of those gut feeling ones that i'm like i'm gonna read this regardless but I think it's pretty cool. So we want to thank you for tagging along with Drew and myself. Thank you for coming to Comics for Fun and Profit. You've made it this far. We super appreciate you, and we thank you so much. Um, go to Patreon. Look us up. Check us out there. Uh, all kinds of cool things and ways to be part uh, of everything we do here, and a bunch of links to things like our Twitters, Facebooks, Instagrams, and all kinds of other stuff. We thank you so much for being with us for Drew and for myself. See ya.